The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite, CDW, and Ford. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bears All Access, presented by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, along with Tom Thayer on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, and welcome to be joined by Roy Robertson-Harris, the Bears defensive end. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Thank you, Had a heck of a game the other night, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, preseason has been pretty well for me, and uh, I want to continue to uh, play well, perform well, do what I can to get a Bears win and contribute to the defense. and. Take it in the regular season, week one against three, Green Bay. Three and a half sack preseason already for the big guy. Right. Tom. You know, do you have – I don't even want you to tell me, but do you have a goal set in your mind in terms of sacks? Because I would imagine every defensive lineman has an imaginary number. And when I saw your sack the other night, so now you're rushing the outside shoulder – and you reach in with your left arm and you grab the quarterback. I mean, the distance you can cover and the types of sacks you've had so far in the preseason, do you have that secret number? I don't right now. Um, at this point, it's just get healthy or stay healthy right. and, uh, throughout the preseason. And then uh, once week one hits, we'll, we'll start writing notes down about goals and what we want to accomplish for the year. Good for you. Is that something that you guys talk about individually when you say you're going to sit down and, and do that, or is that something Coach Jay Rogers tries to put in your heads, hey, guys, think this way? Well, Jay, Jay does a good job of, hey, think this way about, you know, getting to the quarterback. Jay wants us to get as many sacks as possible. He wants us to get sacks every third down. Um, individually, I want to write down how many sacks I want to get for the year, how many tackles, TFLs, things like that. I have a – uh, set number of sacks that I do want to get for the year, things like that. Um, I do every single year, um, but that's not something Jay harps on. He's more so, hey, every third down should be a sack, should be a takeaway. You know, every sack should be a forced fumble, um, things like that. I would think the best way, and Tom, as a player for yourself, when it it's individual, obviously, you know that that sounds good and everything, but in the framework of the team, say a third down sack that results in a forced fumble, strip sack guy scores a touchdown it's a meaningful play in the overall effort that results in a victory do, do, do you look at plays like that and say okay week seven I made this play but it resulted in a win same for you a big block that may have resulted in a big run that led to a win well you know Roy in term, those terms I think like when you take on a massive double team of two offensive linemen, now you know that there's trying to guy, a guy trying to get to the second level, and you hold him up. In John Timu, what happened to him the other night? You took on a big double team. Timu comes to the outside and makes a perfect solo tackle. That has to be as rewarding in terms of what Jeff is talking about as if you, you know, make a tackle at the line of scrimmage, the way you right. support your teammates. Right. I mean, it's, it's all about being in the best position to get your guys to make plays. And um, like you're saying, the double teams – it gives Timu a chance to make a play, even a TFL that I can't get to because I'm taking on a double team. Little things like that are game changers for us. So you're getting a lot of reps at practice. You're getting a lot of reps in the games. You're on two different special teams. You know, so I look at the elevation in Denver, 5,020 feet, 5,820 feet, and then I looked up UTEP, and it's 4,006 feet elevation. <laughs> yeah. Were you in condition for immediate um, work at Denver, or did you feel better after two days or three days? I definitely felt better after a couple days. Um, being that I have been up here uh, for the past <laughs> few years, I haven't been back. Back in El Paso right. since Pro Day. Um, so 
I did have to get used to being that high in elevation um, again. But being at UTEP, I felt that I was in pretty good shape anywhere else that I went because we were so high in the mountains. Um, but I did have to get used to it a couple of days. I think that played in my favor that we did practice a couple of days with them and then played in the game. It, it definitely did help. Roy Robertson-Harris, our guest here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff and Tom with you as well. Paul Zarang, our engineer, and Dan Brilli, our producer, helping things out at Hallis Hall. Now, that's some good research right there because I, I, I didn't even come into my head that UTEP is a higher yeah. elevation. Well, I, I've know, never been down there. With our experiences coming from the Midwest in college, going Notre Dame to Air Force or going from Chicago to play Denver Broncos and stuff, I, I just, you know, that was always in our minds because we didn't have experiences. Maybe when you're a younger person, you have a little bit of experience with elevation. You kind of know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, I had to ask Danny, hey, how is elevation? Is it, what it, <laughs> is it really what people expect? And he's like, oh, man, it's, it's real out there. Like, you're going to you know, make sure you need to hydrate properly and make sure you control your breathing. And then I thought back, was like, well, I played in El Paso for four years, five with a red shirt. It shouldn't be too bad. And sure enough, I got my second win in the middle of practice. You know, things started to get better. Um, and then obviously in the game, you practice with them for two days, had a mock game, things like that. After a while, you get you get pretty used to it. Well, but the funny thing is you come off the bus, the first thing you see is this big sign right. <laughs> about <laughs> altitude sickness and yeah. all this business. But it reminds you on the side of the stadium, too. It says 5,280 <laughs> right. feet. They make sure that you know that you're that high. Yeah. You know, most defensive linemen, when it's not their period, they get a chance to rest or relax. You're on kickoff return. You're on extra point and field goal protection. You're on extra point and field goal block. So for a guy like you, because you're such a good athlete, sometimes you're – Coaches are tempted to get you more involved than some other guys. I've spent my entire career from my first game to my last game on kickoff return. Yeah. How, as a defensive player, how, how are you absorbing and accepting that role? I love the fact that Coach wants me on special teams. Right. Um, as I've gotten – <laughs> to this point, As I think I think the fact that we played in Denver and the elevation, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I don't know. But the fact that I have these roles, it makes me feel good that coaches trusting me right. that I can play defense and play special teams. Um, but as time goes on, I feel like you know, I've been more focused on playing defense. I feel like special teams. I played a whole year starting on punt return, starting on kickoff return. I felt comfortable enough hey, let me focus more on defense. Reverse, last year I was more focused on, hey, special teams, I got to make the team. That's right. how you're going to do it, Very undrafted good. rookie, things like that. Defense, defense will come because I'm not getting as many reps. Now it's reverse. I'm getting all I'm getting all these reps in the game, all these reps in practice, and it's reverse. Special teams, <laughs> I'm not really getting any reps because, I mean, we don't know how the how it's all going to unfold. The extra point on. field goal protection where your job is is yeah. difficult. Yeah. You know, you have, he has two guys. He has an inside guy that's got to be long enough to yeah. get the outside well, guy. He's long enough. Right. Yeah. We but, know you that. Know, um, you know, Steve McMichael did the same role when I was here at a defensive lineman who was talented. And when I see you in that role out there, I can see, okay, I know why Roy's picked for that. Well, the path is quite similar in many respects to Israel Adonage when he was here, a big body player like yourself who cut his teeth on special teams and would run down the field at his size, as you guys are very similar in that size. It was pretty scary for the guy that he was going to get hit by. But then he evolved, and they, they, they yodoed his weight constantly. So yeah. one year he was this, and he was inside. Next year he was this, he's outside. 
you've been building ever since college your weight to what it is right now. You, you said earlier about 295. Is that right? Do you yes, feel sir. comfortable with that? You're still swift, quick. You feel good about that? I feel pretty good. Um, one thing I would say, the fact that I played a lot of special teams last year, I do feel that I was more comfortable at that weight being that I didn't play that many snaps on defense. Now that I'm a little bit heavier, I'm sitting here like, oh, should I lose maybe five pounds if I do have to play a lot of special teams this year? So it's kind of like – it's kind of a waiting game because preseason I haven't had to play really that many special team snaps, at least punt return, kickoff return. I only did uh, two or three kickoff return snaps um, this the other day. Punt return, I haven't played any snaps. And then field goal, you're taking two steps. So you're not yeah. really going to feel it. Um, so would that be a personal choice that you could present to your coaches, or do they tell you, hey, right. you know, what right. do uh, me, me and Jay have spoke about the weight. He um, he does want me at 295, um, and that's to be a little more stout on double teams, you know, taking on guys in the run, things like that. Um, but it would be a little more tougher for me to have to run after guys on punt return to get blocks if I'm 295. It's a little bit different. Last year I was 285, so – um, I think it'll be a personal decision, you know, maybe get down to about 90, 92. Um, I feel like I've strength trained pretty well over the summertime. And um, if I were to play at 90, 92, I still play um, the same on defense as well as playing on special teams. Roy Robertson Harris, our guest here on Bears All Access, will pick up the conversation where he left it off, his offseason work, what he did in the gym and the boxing ring. Yes, That's sir. Roy Robertson Harris here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and our guest, Roy Robertson Harris, the big defensive end, entering his third year here with the Bears and off to a heck of a start. And a lot of the roots of your offseason – was built in the gym, and you uh, went to various different lengths to, to get yourself in the condition you wanted. What was the plan? How was it executed, and why did you choose to do what you did? So Jay talked about boxing a lot. Anytime we've done um, workouts and OTAs, he tried to throw a little bit of boxing in there. So, hey, let me try this. Let me see how I feel comfortable with, you know, in the summertime. So pound-for-pound pound boxing over in Highland Park. Got in contact with them, and twice a week I would go in there, hand speed. Well, first we do we do a little bit of conditioning. Um, so we'll do uh, one-minute intervals and do three rounds, about five different workouts. Dog tired after <laughs> I'm done. And then we get in the ring. We do a lot of different hand speed drills and get on the heavy bag. You got to take on double teams, so why not work on the heavy bag? And then um, I also worked with Chuck Smith over in Atlanta, um, we did a lot of pass rush moves and things like that, working on double hand swipe, working on the stab, um, little things like that to just help with my pass rush in the games. I feel like um, that made a huge difference um, so far and um, definitely want to take that into the regular season. Chuck played for the Atlanta Falcons yeah. and oh, yeah. tutors a ton of, yeah. of pass rushers now. Are you telling me ex-NFL players now? No, no I, I'm you. I'm, I'm, joking. To the audience. I'm joking. To the audience. You know what's cool about your room is I, I really like the energy that Dr Jay Rogers brings upon you guys every day. If you come out there, dra uh -uh. Yep. It's not, you're not going to be that way. But, you know, outside Akeem, I like the youth in the room. Mm -hmm. 
because you got to pull. You have to pull Jonathan. Jonathan Bullard's got to push you. You got to push John Jenkins. He's got to push you. Eddie and the whole crew. You know, you do have that enthusiasm from your position coach, who I think is really important because offense and defense everyday practice is kind of monotonous. Mm -hmm. But he's a type of guy that can cultivate your, that young talent on this team. No doubt, uh, Jay is a real energetic guy. Even in meetings, he's he's real. He's real upbringing. He's real positive. Um, he brings it out to the practice field. If we're coming off sluggish, he's hey, we got we gotta have that juice out there today. Let's make sure we bring the juice every single day. <laughs> that's Jay, and that's uh, one thing I do like about Jay is he makes sure that he's real positive with us every single day. Hey, let's get it going today. If you're having a bad day, let's make sure we get out in the practice field and make it a good day. I think that's one of the things about the fundamentals and the techniques of offensive and de defensive linemen. You got to be positively reinforced every right. day, whether you're in high school, college. And even especially at this level, because the talent you're seeing every day is different. And that's the thing. So you go in the first two preseason games, you go out there and you play against the guys, and it's the first time they see you and you see them. So now you've got a series of one-on-ones and different type of tempo periods with the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. Did that help you in the game, or did it make things a little bit different? I feel like it definitely helped me in the game. Um, you'll see, like, one-on-ones, you'll see the way guys set. Um, you see, hey, this guy is going to jump set you. He's going to sit there and wait for you. All right, that's the opportunity for one move or another. Um, so definitely two days, two old days, two practices with these guys. Um, I think it made a big difference, and you're able to see what guys' tendencies are in practice and what they're going to do in the game. You know, you're a long guy, and one of your best moves is a, as a, 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 your hand right to the middle of the offensive lineman's chest, and they, they can't stop you because they can't touch you, and you're driving back. So you get an offensive guard, offensive guard IM, you see he's got stumpy little arms. Are you licking your chops because your length is such an asset in pass rushing? No doubt. Um, that's one thing that I feel like Jay has helped me with is making sure that I use my length uh, to um, to my advantage, um, especially if a guard has shorter arms. And um, I try to make sure that that's something I'm practicing every single day, um, whether it's during one-on-ones, team periods, if we're just working on, you know, individual, just, hey, work on that stat, working on getting your arms out, making sure you striking the guy in the chest is something I've made an effort of working on every single day. And that's what happened to Ron Leary in the game on uh, on Saturday night, that left arm. And, and we talked about with Jay Rogers uh, at practice before training camp ended about unlocking the hands of his guys, in, in particular Leonard Floyd. And I'm certain that applies to you as well and everybody that's rushing the passer. Um, Brandon Staley talking about that for Leonard Floyd, obviously, the outside linebacker. But So the Denver Post apparently did how long it took to get pressure on Case Keenum. They, they timed it or whatever. Per, and so it took 2.89 seconds and that's, that's, that's the time it took for you to put the left hand on the chest and wrap up the quarterback with those 33-and-a-half-inch arms. Is that what it is, 33-and-a-half? I don't know. I, I didn't go, yeah, to, pretty the, long. Yeah, I didn't go to the, the combine. Is that so the half know. sack or the individual sack? That was when he grabbed him. Okay. Remember I said yeah, he was, yeah. like, it was like a raptor the flying raptor, down because yeah. it, it, was, it was really you, – you really did it with one arm. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the beauties of having long arms. Um, I try to make sure if I, if I can't get to a quarterback, I at least reach for him and, and it's hit or miss. I either get him or, you know, he'll step up and go. But, um, you know, thank God I was able to get him down. I think I had the same – the plays look identical to each other, one uh, in the Hall of Fame game and the one I had in Denver, um, looking at it on film. But um, I feel like I got the job done. And it's not about how cute or pretty it right. looks. It's like, <laughs> hey, get, it, get the quarterback down and get it to third Hey, down. when you're mugging the quarterback, it, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Hey. It's exciting nonetheless, which, which drives me to think – what is a what if scenario? So if you were 
say 275 to 290 as a college defensive end with your hand down on the ground, what kind of damage might you have done? Because you didn't rush, you weren't asked to rush the passer as much in college. You were outside linebacker. They did a lot of zone blitzing, a lot of zone uh, type of pressures. You ever think about that? If yeah, it would have started that way, being well, I was uh, I was actually defensive end, just in a different system. Um, we did a lot of zone. four two five, right? Uh, four three, just four three. Oh, was yeah. it four three? Because mm-hmm. everything I read, they say it was a four two five yeah. defense. Man, it wasn't accurate. Though. Yes, it was. Uh, so we ran, we did run a lot of zone pressures, and it was uh, it was tough to rush. Anytime I did get a chance to rush, it was. We ran well. I mean, Conference USA is a passing league. Everyone's in the shotgun. Everyone's quick pass out. You only got two seconds to to get to the quarterback. So um, I feel like I didn't get enough opportunities to rush um, with the zones. You know, we're either dropping into a flat to a running back, fullback, tight end, or running, you know, for the safeties to come through and or Mike's to, you know, rush and get get themselves sacks. And um, I did feel comfortable in that defense, but at the same time, I wish I did have more opportunities. But uh, now we're here, can't live in the past, and just trying to get better here in this NFL league. How about your evolution as a defensive player against RPO specifically? Because you are in a position of influence in how they're going to run that play. Has it has it changed your approach, or do you just have to play with more awareness according to the down and distance formations and personnel you see? It's all about the awareness. Um, you have to know the down and distance. Um, it's all about watching film, what you – you know, what you see on film, hey, these guys are going to run this on this down. These guys are going to run this on this down. Um, it's all about studying your opponent, seeing what they're going to do at the end of the day. In terms of uh, the run game, uh, is your size, how do you maintain pad level and stick to it in your head? Because the first thing you do is you just go you, you, you go back to what you know, yeah. right, to, to make the play. Right. Uh, being being six six, it is tough for me to keep low pad level. Um, and Jay gets on me about that every <laughs> single day. Hey, this is what you need to work on: your pad level and your feet. Um, I think if I if I get my pad level lower, I'd be just fine as a player. I, the The downfalls and the negative plays that I do have is because of my height. I I get up and I stand straight up, and um, that's been. I think since I've been playing ball, that's been one of my toughest things. Um, Calais Campbell makes it look easy, but, yeah. I mean, he's Calais Campbell. I'm not, so. Yet. Um, Yet. That's yeah. right, Big Tom. <laughs> Yet. The potential is unlimited. Yeah. You must realize that. Potential to me is, is, some, is, is someone that ain't done nothing, so I'm, I'm you know, trying to get past the potential, and I want to be, be one of the greats, trying to learn from other guys in the room and be the best player I could be. Roy Robertson-Harris, Bears defensive end, joining us here on Bears All-Access. We'll continue with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. Segment three with Bears defensive end Roy Robertson-Harris with Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak breaking down what's happened so far and still a ways to go before the season opener. It feels like uh, It's felt like a real long journey, hasn't it? It sure has. This is the longest preseason <laughs> training camp I've been through, but it's all worth it. Um, we're we're trying to win games this year and, and do what we can to be one of the best teams. Ask him well, how long one of his, well, his seasons Personally, were. it's worth it for you because, you know, Roy, realistically, the more opportunities you get to shine in front of the coaches, the more you're going to upgrade your opportunities. Hey, here you are, you're a college free agent. Today you're meeting the media. You've been through a position change, and now you've got multiple sacks in the preseason. 
the opportunity you're creating for yourself has to be pretty encouraging for you personally when you come to work. Oh, yes, sir. Um, I definitely love the fact that the coaches are giving me the opportunity to get more snaps. Last year I was running with the threes. Now I'm running with the ones and uh, rotating with Bull to, um, you know, get these snaps in. Uh, but I definitely love the fact that um, Jay is trusting me and, Hey, I want you to I want you to start off, and I want you to you know get as many snaps as you can in the game and in practice, and um, I feel like it's getting me better and uh, get just like I said, giving me an opportunity. Can I put a little bit more pressure on you? I've been talking to <laughs> I've been talking about this with Jeff. Yeah, he's the, from the day of the season. The started. success and failure of this football team is going to be decided by the nineties. That's ninety, ninety one, ninety five, ninety four. In '99, '96, and that's 15. well, '96. I'm kind of putting him on a pedestal, yeah. but I think that that's, <laughs> that side of the, and I mean the bear, the guys in the Bears jerseys in those '90 numbers: right. Eddie Goldman, yourself, mm -hmm. Lynch, and and so I really think that this was a top ten defense last year. This team defense gets in the top five. You guys are going to have a lot of the responsibility for that. I would think so. I mean the. I mean, games are won on defense. Uh, we've been taught that since we've known the game of football, um, and I, I feel I feel great to be a part of this defense. Uh, we got a lot of great guys on the front seven, and um, don't I mean we got great DBs too. <laughs> right. But um, being being a defensive end and playing on that front seven is it's a humbling experience. Um, I love the guys I'm around. We got some great team leaders. Uh, guys like Akeem and and Danny, I feel like they're they're our defensive leaders. Um, I think we're gonna do great things this year. Three years ago, I believe it was uh, April 18th. You got a private workout here with the Bears, and you yep. were in the same car, I think, going back to the airport with Leonard Floyd. So you yeah. guys struck a relationship right then and there, uh, and you've seen each other grow, and you've seen what he's going through now. Another injury, sadly. Hopefully, it'll it'll. Yeah, something to be able to play through and, and with a with a hand injury, uh, broken bones in his hand. So they're going to see if they could cast it up and let him go to work. How is he? Uh, he's got to be frustrated because, that you know, that's something that happens to players, obviously, but it's been successive seasons of trying to overcome something. Right. Uh, I talked to Flo. He's doing good. Um, his mindset is good. He's real positive right now. Um, at the end of the day, it's part of the game. Injuries happen. Um, and – at this point, it's just a waiting game, seeing where he's at. Um, there's not too much I could say about it, but um, from what I've, from what he's told me, he's he's doing fine. His mindset is great. He's ready to play. You know, I think you got a reflection of Leonard Floyd being able to recover and take part in every play at training camp, recovering from the knee injury. Mm -hmm. I think that's a reflection of how important it is to that player. So, whatever, I don't, you know, this is not a setback. It's just something that you go through during the course. Of, of having a career. You know, my brother-in-law had a bad finger and played with a stump on his hand for eight weeks. I'm not saying that's Leonard, but, you know, a guy like Leonard has proved to a lot of people that it is important to him, and I think he's got the feet and the athleticism and the length to, if he can play, to play oh, well. Yeah. Leonard, he's going to do fine. Um, he does a good job of recovering. Um, you know, guys, guys saw how well he took part in making sure the recovery stuff it was important to him coming in uh, with his knee and, he did. I think he did a really good job in, in uh, training camp and uh, taking care of his body. So um, with his hand, I think he's going to be just fine. Yep. He's going to recover very well. He's going to come and, um, and be flow. 
Roy Robertson-Harris, our guest here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Going back even further in your life and the stories we've read that people have done on you, and there was a lot of stories are written about players leading up to the draft. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the love of the game wasn't quite there initially in your career, no. right? Tell <laughs> us why. Tell us that story. Oh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't really like sports when I was a kid. Um, when I first started playing football, I didn't like hitting. I didn't like getting hit. I told I, I told my coach I wanted to play receiver, and he said, okay, cool. The old linemen are down there. I want you to go play right tackle. And I, was, I was upset. I didn't know what to do. There was one day I told my mom I didn't want to play anymore and um, showed up to practice just hating it. I didn't like it. And um, once I moved to Texas, things started uh, changing for me. I, I was a little bit bigger than most of the kids, uh, played a little bit of tight end, and then um, switched over to defensive end, defensive end, back to tight end, outside linebacker. And then uh, early in high school, I told my coach I wanted to play safety. And he's looked <laughs> and at how, how tall were you weighing at that time then? This was my freshman year of high school. I was about 6'3", um, <laughs> not even 200 pounds yet. I was still super small. I'd say about 185, maybe 190 at the very most. And uh, I remember asking my coach, hey, I want to play safety. I want to, you know, I wanted to be Troy Palomalu. That was my guy as a kid. <laughs> and he looked at me like, I don't know what you're thinking. You're too big. You know, there was no safety in the NFL that big. And so um, I stayed on defense to uh, play defensive end, a little bit of tight end back and forth. And then uh, going into my junior senior year, that was it. I stayed on defense and uh, got real comfortable. And um, the rest is history. I'm here and playing for the greatest team in the league right now. It's an awesome experience to hear that story, right? Yep. Awesome yep. journey. You know, even, well, I think, even, I think even a guy like him who, who's <laughs> got his entire life dedicated to football, yeah. he always tells the story about when he went, his mom took him to practice at, you know, the midget football or whatever it was. He cried every day. I yeah. cried. I, I hated first, it. My first two years, I cried every yeah. day on the way to practice. My mom would push me out of the car yeah. and say, hey, you'll stop crying when you see your yeah. friends. Because when you're a big guy, you know, you're not choosing a position the position has been chosen for you by birth. Right. So I'm not going to be anything other than an offensive lineman. Luckily, you had the athleticism to be a defensive lineman. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it's not the funnest of positions when you go out there as an eight-year-old kid to an open field and start, you know, banging yeah. out there. Well, I was I was 12 when I started playing, so I was a little bit older. Um, the guys that uh, – because the divisions we were playing, it was all based on weight. Right. So all the other guys that I was playing with, all my teammates were 14, uh, 14 15, and I was 12. <laughs> so I'm the youngest, but you know, I'm one of the biggest guys. Um, but I, I hated it. I, I One day I actually did have a crying story. I remember coming uh, coming back to the car and my mom's like, hey, what's wrong? I was like, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to play. I'm tired of this. These guys are hitting me and this and that. And uh, I mean, she, she didn't, hey, this is what she wanted to do. This is, you know, you chose to play. You chose to sign up for football. So um, you have to you have to thug it out for the rest of the season. So that's what I did. And, um, you know, we ended up moving to Texas and Obviously, Texas is football, football, football country, so um, got more comfortable. And um, like I said, the rest is history. I'm and, here. And that was the Dallas area, right? Yes, sir. The Dallas yes, sir. area. From Oakland. From was Oakland. that tough for you as a 12? Because now you're a young teen. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it was. it is what it is. Uh, I had really no choice. <laughs> it was either you you stay in the Bay Area or you, you come with us to Texas. And I chose to move and um, – yeah, at first I didn't like it. I say the first year I didn't like it and uh, started making more friends and um, yeah, 
from time to time, I'll still talk to guys from back home in Dallas. Um, still keep in contact with everyone in the Bay. So, um, but yeah, I did at first. I didn't like it. I hated it to be honest. You ever watch Friday Night Lights when it was on? The TV show, or yes, the movie. The, the TV, TV show? show. That show was one of my favorite TV shows <laughs> of all time. Well, after the break, we got to talk about it because okay. I kind of got caught into binge watching that, yes. and it's about high school Texas yeah. football. Uh, so uh, one of the greatest books. Yep. I, I read that book. I, well, let's bring it up. Yeah. After. We'll yeah, share yeah, yeah. stories sure. about. Uh, Friday Night Lights here with Roy Robertson-Harris, kind enough to join us and spend a, a significant amount of his uh, day with us yep. here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. The August 25th preseason game against the Chiefs coming up on Saturday, brought to you by Hall of Fame partner United Airlines. The first 25,000 fans entering Soldier Field receive a Bears schedule magnet courtesy of United Airlines. United proudly flying the Bears for over 40 years. Roy Robertson-Harris, our guest with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, before we went to the break, uh, we were talking about Friday Night Lights, the book, the movie, and the series. And, Tom, you said well, you were a binge watcher of that show? Right, because Roy's from Texas. And those, I, you know, I had a successful high school program, but you watch the fabricated TV shows, just everything that's poured into Texas high school football, you know, the support of the signs in the yard, the crowds and everything like that. Did you have that experience with Texas football at that age, or was it something that's kind of blown up in our minds for the TV show? South Grand Prairie, Texas High School. South Grand Prairie uh, is a little bit of a bigger town than um, the uh, fictional Dillon right. High School. And uh, obviously Odessa. Odessa is a small town, but they're all about Odessa Permian. They're, being in a bigger city, Grand Prairie is actually right next to the city of Dallas. Um, so they're not shutting stores down. They're not shutting the whole city down to go to our games. Um, plus we have Grand Prairie, which is on the north side. That's our rival. Um, so you you got two games going on in in the city, um, so they're not shutting it down to to go to you know either or games, but the like playing in the games, it's like it was like college, right. like the bands playing, everyone's screaming their their lungs out, you know, cheering for us. We score a touchdown, we make plays on defense. The experience of playing in Texas was phenomenal. Mm. You you can't you can't play high school ball anywhere else. That's plain and simple. Um, what you see in the movies and the TV shows is is very true, but you're only seeing that in the small towns like Odessa. Everyone shuts the whole city down to go to the games. Everyone shuts the city down. Hey, we're going to state. Well, the whole city is going to travel to state. Um, I didn't get a chance to play in state. Uh, we played Euless Trinity in the first round of the playoffs, and uh, we actually played them pretty good, uh, but they went on and, and won state. Were there, there any other NFL players on that field that day other than Roy Robertson uh, Harris? Not that I know of. Uh, I know there was a running back they had, uh, Tevin Williams. I think he went to Oklahoma, and then um, Brandon Carter, he went to TCU, uh, everybody else. I don't know. Just a memory, I don't know what doing. <laughs> which is the bulk of players. <laughs> when you think about it, it's the whole, it's the funnel effect. Yeah. I always talk about everybody plays the, that funnel gets real small when yeah. you start to get the to this level. The two percent is definitely real, or the one percent. What is it now that people are saying the one percent? Point one percent. Point one percent. So was the was the heat extreme? Because now the conditions you're playing in here, they got as many beautiful manicured fields outside here, the whole facility here in House Hall. Did you have to live through the extreme heat of Texas and the kind of because if you can live through that. It's kind of a springboard to going, okay, I have a measurable desire to be able to do this, but these conditions are more perfect in the mid or better up here. Uh, well, being, being in Texas, 
uh, you get used to it because you have to, I mean, you can't just pray for snow in right. Texas. So, um, I mean, you live through it. Eventually your body gets used to it and, um, you know, you can't really do much complaining because it's not going right. to change. It's going to be there whether you like it or not. Uh, and then you choose to play the sport. So uh, you can't you, do, you can't do too much complaining about it. You'll get used to it. Right. 1984, uh, when I, I was just I was senior at Iowa State and I my first job offer was Odessa, Texas at a TV okay. station. I had never heard of Odessa, Texas. I had no I had no idea. Yeah. And he told me what I was going to make. And I, no, I think I'm going to stay home. But I, <laughs> I but when Friday Night Lights, the book came out. I read that thing cover to cover a few times like, man, that must have been something. Yeah. I, I missed that opportunity, and it was high school sports. You should, you get, a, you should get a globe. Yeah. <laughs> Start understanding the equator and where the world is. Uh, we're here with uh, the man at, at Big Xander 95. That's big, capital X, A-N-D-E-R 95 on Twitter. What's the Big Xander? What's Big Xander? So, um, my old handle used to actually be I am Rob Harris for Robertson Harris, but everyone started calling me Rob like it was my first name. So Big Xander, um, Alexander is my middle name. So um, my gamer tag actually on PlayStation, if anybody likes to play Fortnite, I'm a Fortnite <laughs> fan, is Young Xander back when I had um, – had got my first PlayStation in college. It was Young Xander 43. I was number 43 in college. Now it's Big Xander um, 95. So. so a lot of your teammates it, playing Fortnite? Is it Roy Robertson Alexander Harris? No, no, no. It's Roy Alexander Robertson Harris. Okay. Robertson Harris. Okay. Yeah, everyone. So, so long story short, my mom's got married. Her last name is Robertson. My dad's last name is Harris. And um, okay. I got the name changed once I graduated from school uh, to have Robertson Harris. Alexander is just my middle name. Who's doing the Fortnite thing with you? Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. I, I try and engage with uh, some of my fans on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if I do get the chance to get on, we've obviously been in camp, so I haven't been on in a long time. But uh, summertime, I usually get on with um, any of the fans that invite me. They'll send me invites or um, – they just want to play for a little bit, so I try and make Kyle sure. Long's big into the gaming, too. Do you, do you I'm ever not as big as Kyle no, or, uh, <laughs> or Tariq. Tariq and Kyle are oh, on really? a different level. I never said anything about being good. I just like <laughs> I just enjoy playing it with my guys. So, Well, the crazy thing is that the eSports thing, not, not just necessarily, I don't know, maybe it is, but it's blowing up. I mean, they're oh, yeah. selling out arenas with people to pay money to go yeah. watch young kids play video games. Yeah. It's foreign to guys our age. You know, and I mid fifties. I wish I had something like that as a kid. My mom, she was real big on not letting me play the game. I had to do chores or, uh, you know, read a book for an hour just to get thirty minutes on a PlayStation. But Roy, you you you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. You've developed your craft your the entirety of your life. If you would have had access to that and oh, you spend yeah. the hours to it, would you be the? Would you Great be point. in this seat? Not at all. Mm -hmm. I would, I would be. I'd be lazy. I'd be. Hey, I just want to play video games all day. Uh, so I do look back and I do thank my mom. Right, hey, right. I'm glad that you did. Um, you know, limit the time that I had on a video game because that's all I would do. If I had nothing else to do, that's all I would do. Well, you know, when kids and moms listen to the show and they hear you, I, I do think it's an important lesson because, yeah, you can always create an incentive or give them an amount of time to play the games, but right. you still have to cultivate you as a person. Right. And whether you're cross-country to football, you know, you got to take advantage of that, that opportunity. That is an outstanding point. Yeah. Well, I Absolutely. Mean, I, think the, I think the difference, obviously, like back then I was a kid, I didn't know what was good for me. Now that I'm at this level and I have a family to feed, I know myself, hey, I can't spend too much time doing this because I have to do that. 
I have to go train. I have to go to practice. I have to eat the right things. Little things like that, you know, I have to make those decisions because, I mean, it's a job. Right. It's, you know, no longer, hey, I'm going to go play football with my friends out in the park. I have This is a living now. So, um, you know, the young kids that are hearing this, you know, do listen to your parents. And when they do say, hey, get off the game, it's because they know what is good for you. You don't know yet because right. you're so young. You won't know until you graduate from college because even in college I wasn't making the right decisions. <laughs> Roy, you and I did a story last year uh, on radio uh, for a short little segment I do, and we, we talked about your dad, Howard, and how mm -hmm. he, he got you up crack of dawn every yeah, day. Tell, every tell us day. that story. Remind me exactly what that was all about, what age did he start doing that to you, and what impact ultimately is that made on you being a guy who likes to be in the gym and get yourself right? So my dad, um, I, our first year moving to Texas, it wasn't really going on just because we were still trying to get used to um, moving and moving into the house and finding where we were going to go to school, things like that. Uh, going into my freshman year, he bought a set of weights for me for Christmas, and I looked. I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. You know, we lift a little bit. No, this was like boot camp. Like, we're getting <laughs> up 5 o'clock in the morning. He he comes in my room and flips my lights like, hey, get up. It ain't not like, hey, man, let's go, man. We're going we're gonna to go work out real quick. And I was hey, get up. I'm looking like, okay, all right, we'll see how this goes. We'll go downstairs, do a bunch of core, and then we'll lift. And then around our neighborhood, I think it's a mile and a half. So he would make me run the mile. I thought he was going to do it with me. From time to time, he would. But he would follow me in his car, and I'd have to run the whole neighborhood, which was a mile and a half. That was before school. I would still have to go to practice. I'd wow. still have to, yeah, I'd go to practice later that day, spring ball. I'd get home, and then I'd have to run again all the way to my swimming pool at my school. The nat I think they call it the natatorium. And he'd make me swim, uh, what was it, 20 laps? So, like, down and back was one. So I'd have to do that. And then after that, he'd take me to, like, Sonic and get me uh, – <laughs> the Sonic by my high school, They on Tuesdays they'd have, like, dollar burgers. So he'd give me, like, three or four burgers. And, I'm you know, he's trying to get me bigger. I'm still, like, 200 pounds soaking wet. I'm still a skinny kid. And then um, we do either Sonic burgers or we'll go to Popeye's and – get the Tuesday special, two for, two for one special. So, um, he I was, love that. Yeah. Guy. I never met <laughs> he, him. I love that. He, guy. He'll work. He worked me out. I was like, Hey, you do good. You kill the workout. We'll go eat. And then I had a buddy of mine. That, that was uh, your character. Yeah. Huh? And that was, that was what we did. We will grind and then we'll go eat. He know, I, every single day I love to eat big. And if I, if I worked my tail off, that was my reward. That's How big a man I, is he? My dad is six, five. Okay. He's, uh, well, we don't need he's, to know yeah, his weight, say, but he's, weight, a big, he's, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's he's lost weight over time. He's trying to get back in the gym. He's working a lot, so he rarely gets that time. But he's uh, he's constantly working. He works his tail off, take care of my moms. Um, so I appreciate that. He's, he's the reason why I work so hard. And, you know, he's taught me how to be a man and how to take care of your family. Awesome stuff for me. him. Yeah, you so, definitely you, – you're digging being a dad, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about yeah. that when we come back. <laughs> Our final segment will Roy Robertson-Harris here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and our guest, Roy Robertson-Harris. Outstanding hour of conversation here. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much oh, for your yeah, time. Love hearing about your journey. Uh, and uh, it's the first day of school around these parts, so your son Jalen was uh, – was entered back into the mix, into school. Uh, and I've seen pictures and really he hearing also about 
what you feel about being a dad. Uh, I think you, you got married right right as football started, right? In yep. your pro career. So you're a family man right from the jump. Right from Means the jump. Means a lot jump. to you. I'm all about family. Um, I'd prefer to have family barbecues instead of going out in the late night. Um, that's just my thing. Uh, that's how, I, how I've always been. Uh, my beautiful wife, Crystal. Uh, we have a, a, a son, Jalen, Jalen Adonis. I wanted Adonis to be his first name, but uh, you know how it goes. Happy wife, happy life. Um, so, yeah, he started school today. He's, um, he's in a monastery school learning how to communicate and, you know, work on social skills with other kids. And um, so far, so good. We'll see how it goes when they come pick me up today. <laughs> All, right. All right, now I'm going to put you – let's expedite you. I, and it's, it's hard to talk about hypothetical, but do you see yourself being like your dad in the mornings when you are – an influence in the person and that your young son's future? Um, well, I'm definitely going to let him choose if he wants to play sports. Um, once more, more just the encouraging of yeah, getting oh, up yeah, in the morning, yeah. let's get the day started. I want to I encourage him, if it's not with football or any sport in general, whatever he chooses to do, we're going to do it to our full potential. The way that my dad pushed me to play football, I'm going to push my son to do whatever it is that he wants to do. Um, what I am going to not let him do is play football. That's that's what I don't want. Unless he chooses he wants to. Um, but with just the, the injuries that you see, I'd prefer him to be in uh, uh, in baseball. In my in my choice, I would love him to play baseball or basketball. I'll say now he grows into a six a six five and a half six six offensive tackle. He's going to make fifteen million bucks for you come out of his stance. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be a little bit leaner than. Uh, so he, I think, if he does play football, he'll he'll be a defensive end. Um, if he's if he takes to his mom's side, he'll be a little bit smaller in weight. He might be a receiver. Well, that's what I love about your dad. You, you know, from from weightlifting to swimming, yep. that's that's a big gap of yep. sports opportunities. Yep. And you know, swimming is one of the most difficult individual sports because mm -hmm. it's just not easy to do. So I think next to boxing, swimming would be my next uh, most difficult yeah. training um, that I've ever done. Boxing is fun. It's good. You know. Everyone wants to, you know, see what you put the dukes up, things right. like that. But uh, but swim 20 laps and see how you feel. You can't right. even feel yourself sweating, obviously, because <laughs> you're wet. But, uh, but yeah, swimming is one of the toughest workouts I've ever done in my life. Your first cousin played for the Saints, and uh, Tom certainly knows Carl Nix. Oh, yeah. Uh, Two-time Pro Bowler, yeah. uh, outstanding player. And, boy, talk about a tough man yeah. as the day is long. That is a nasty offensive yeah. lineman right there. Uh, how close were you guys or are you guys? And is he giving you any uh, – during the process of getting to where you are today, has he helped you in any way? You know, I talk to Carl every now and then. Um, he's in He's in California with his family, so – um, it's rare that we do talk. When we do, it's, hey, you're, you're doing what you got to do to take care of your family, um, enjoy the moments, and, and train your butt off. Um, I trained with his dad, my uncle. Um, he trained me when I was in high school, uh, getting ready for my junior year. Uh, so I got to spend some time with him. And um, he's another reason why I was able to um, to elevate my game going into going into varsity because um, I was coming from JV. Um, so he did help me a lot when it came to coming up and getting ready to talk to schools uh, that were coming to visit me. You know, Tom, when we've painted this picture, thanks to you uh, uh, talking to us this way about your life and be so willing to explain everything, all your journey, uh, I, I'm sitting here evaluating and putting it all together, and I've painted this picture. Uh, how many people have really touched you 
and helped you get to, and take this big bodied individual and, and help craft him into an NFL football player. Do you feel that? Do you realize that, that, you know, people, because maybe of, of your size, they, they don't want it to go to waste. They, they've helped you become the man you are as a football player and as a human being. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely people out there. Um, I can name a long list of uh, names of people that's just been out, that's been there just, hey, you're a big dude. You don't realize your potential. That, that, that word potential has been thrown at me since high school. You're, my head coach used to call me Mr. Potential. <laughs> um, so it was just like, hey, you know, you don't want this big body to go to waste. You know, you have a lot of talent. You have a lot of this. You have a lot of that. Don't 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 let it go to waste. Um, and I feel like I've done you know the things necessary, but there's also more that I can do. There's always more. Um, another thing, and I'm gonna go back to to Jay Rogers. The one thing that I do love about him is he'll tell me, "Hey, make as many mistakes as you can, so you only know the right way to do it." And um, that has been one thing that that helped has helped me. Um, along this way. Well, all those people that help you, that's why you say I'd rather go to a family barbecue than I would to a club, which is nice. Have you ever been threatened by a three-point stance on the offensive side of the ball? Have I been threatened? Well, no, you know, that's well, the thing I mean, about it is it seems like every good defensive lineman, you know, they, they're going, oh, man, I'm so glad they won't put me in a three-point stance to be an offensive lineman. Was there any, you know, some coach maybe looked in and said, oh, Roy, you could be a heck of an offensive tackle or a Roy. I've heard that a few times. Um, a year ago, whenever I started to uh, put a little more weight on, I've heard uh, a couple of guys tell me, oh, yeah, you look like you could play tackle. You'd be a real athletic tackle. And, no, <laughs> That's I played. for shot coward. Right. <laughs> I played offensive line my first year playing football, and it was – I mean, I can't. I, I hate I think to say all, it, but all it was big just, guys have that yeah, dividing line. You it, know? It, it sucks to say, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I'd yes. rather play defense. Defense is a lot more fun. Sack the quarterback, make everybody yep. happy. Yes, well, sir. continued success. You're off to a great start this season. It. So, Thank Roy you. Robertson Harris, our guest this week on Inside the Bears, Joel Eway Booneyway looks back on his emotional draft night, and Spice Adams catches up with his former teammate Johnny Knox. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays, 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago, and Sundays at 10.35 on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app. That's going to do it for us tonight. All access brought to you by IGS Energy. Thanks to Roy Robertson-Harris, Dan Barilli, Paul Zerang, and for Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, Herb Lawrence, and Tony Gill helping us out as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, PNC, and Ford.